Would you say to him, say something sweet to Jesus. Thank him. The very least you can do is thank him. Just thank him this morning. Thank him for the gift of him this morning. Father, we give you praise and we give you thanks because you are good to us. You have been good to us. You are good to us and you are forever good to us. You can be nothing less than that. And we give you praise for this assurance that we have in you. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you that we are privileged to be part of those who can partake of this gift and enjoy the benefits of this gift. We give you praise, Father, for in Jesus' name we have worshipped. Come on, jam your hands together for Jesus this morning. I didn't say clap for me, I said for Jesus. If you really appreciate Jesus and you understand what Christmas means, you will clap those hands for Jesus. That you have hands to clap is a blessing. Clap for Jesus. Hey, that you are not in the hospital right now, clap for Jesus. Things may not be perfect in your life, but you are here, clap for Jesus. Hey, you have food on your table, clap for Jesus. You don't even have food, but you have life, clap for Jesus. Woo! Praise God. Merry Christmas, everybody. Okay. So um, before, before we sit, we have a video to watch projector. Are you ready? Can anybody wave from there? Okay, awesome. Cue video. No more work. Yes, no more work. <laughs> but because it reminds us of the fact that it's a season of possibilities, that anything is possible. Just think about how God left heaven and left everything just to become a human being for you and I. And that's the depth of God's love, that God will leave all of his glory to squeeze himself into the body of a teenage girl to be born in every circumstance always remember that there are possibilities in God. And that's what Christmas means to me. Christmas is a season of miracles, but above all, it's a season of love. God's proof of love for us. So to all our followers, friends, family, and fans all over the world, I want to wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas and, and a Happy New Year. Year. From Love Did Not Marriage and Justice Girls, Girls. and David's Christian Center. Center. Awesome. All right, you may please have your seats, everyone. Okay, so this morning we're talking about the gift, and it only seems befitting that I bring you a gift. I wish I had something under everybody's chair, but no, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. <laughs> um, so I have a, a short, well, an article to read out to you. Please just pay attention. Hopefully something will bless you in there. It's titled, I Imagine. Um, it's Christmas Eve and I try to reflect on the very first Christmas. My reflection is not based on the controversy surrounding the time of our Lord's birth, summer, winter, or rainy season, as long as he was born. I try to imagine what the atmosphere in heaven must have been like at the time. I imagine God shaking his legs in an almost nervous anticipation, 
Nothing can go wrong, he muses. I imagine baby Jesus say, it's time to be born, time for the fulfillment of scripture, and soon the salvation of mankind. While Mary and Joseph search frantically for a place to be delivered, I imagine God at work, ordering their steps to the very manger he had in mind from the get-go. He can hear Joseph's thoughts about how the savior of the world can't find a decent place to be delivered. Rather than get upset, God smiles because he has a plan. He always did, always does. Logically, a king as God, the prince of peace, deserved a much better place to be born than a manger. But then, God isn't exactly your king next door. He is simply God. Unquestionable, unfathomable, immutable God. I imagine the Holy Spirit pacing the corridors of holiness as he thinks. Another face of mankind is about to birth. After this phase, mine is next. But without this phase, mine cannot come. I imagine the angels closest to the throne of God take their turns to go outside. One by one, they go outside and scream their lungs out in gladness and in inexpressible joy, only to return appearing calm before God's throne. Like the angels near the throne, other angels are flexing their wings in a frenzy. For the first time in eternity, they are about to behold the face of God, albeit in flesh. Uncontrollably, they are shouting and singing praises to the king of kings. Joseph! Mary screams as, she, as he lays her on some hay. Mary is pushing and Joseph is looking. He's doing things he's not experiencing, but somehow he's doing them. I imagine Jesus gave Mary strength rather than sap it as he makes his debut. As baby Jesus' head appears, I imagine Joseph stifle a scream while Mary prays for even more strength. I imagine the angels falling and again climbing over each other in a bid to behold the Lord. I imagine God take a front seat at seeing what he himself looks like in flesh. I imagine agents from the kingdom of darkness watch helplessly from about a thousand miles, any step closer and they'd be history because of the unimaginably impressive heavenly turnout of angels and overflow of God's presence. Beyond the naked eye, I imagine all of Bethlehem washed in a sea of shimmering glory. All of a sudden, there is a palpable silence in all the universe and time stands still. Then, the cry of baby Jesus breaks the silence, literally and figuratively. Finally, the word becomes flesh. I imagine the cry of baby Jesus to be a victory chant, a chant that summons all of heaven's angels to sing. For the very first time, the hallelujah chorus is rendered. I imagine the angels sing a hallelujah chorus that they'd been rehearsing for more than a century. The arrangement of the vocals is beyond human comprehension. Instruments that have never been played on earth are employed. I imagine a hallelujah chorus so heavenly that Handel's version, grand as it is, sounds like a nursery rhyme. I imagine the heavenly skies light up with heaven's version of fireworks and angelic shouts that echo through the Milky Way. Finally, I imagine God turned the hourglass on his desk upside down as he says, let the countdown to salvation begin. And all of creation says, so be it. So yeah, that's my gift to everybody. <laughs> now we can jump into the sermon. Praise God. Come on, somebody praise God. So, talking about gifts. I remember that when I was under 10, maybe 5, 6, uh, 
my brother and I had gone for our neighbor's party. He had a birthday party. When I was growing up, I thought I was at Jebota until I met my neighbors. They defined Ajebota. I don't want to go into details. It may scar you, but the Ajebota was deep. Deep. Anyway, went for that party. You know, you know, posh people now, and the party is not here. Posh gifts all over the place, all sorts of, you know, amazing stuff. And then we get home, and I open my party pack, and it's all the regular stuff. My brother opens his party pack. It's all the regular stuff, and then something extra that was not in my own pack. And I'm wondering, I don't understand. We went to the same party. How your own thing be? And then he pulls out this harmonica, mouth organ, from the pack. And on one hand, I'm beefing him, like, ah, how this one day your pack and, you know, they my own pack? And while I'm beefing him, I'm also looking at him like, mm-hmm, oh yeah now, play it now, let's see. Baba opens this pack of harmonica, puts it to his mouth, and guess what? He starts to belt out a tune. He literally just inhales, exhales, in less than 10 seconds, I kid you, he understood how the thing worked, I said, they're playing. Ha! What sort of sorcery is this one? Like, he was like nine or ten at the time. So it wasn't like he was old enough and he had never played one before. And it just occurred, it occurred to me, not, well, not at the time. At the time, I was beefing him to even, and I was too young. But later, I would understand that that gift unlocked a gift that he had inside of him. If I was the one who got that gift, it would have been useless. It would have been probably something to stone him with when we were fighting. Do you understand what I'm saying? The gift that he, re- that he received unlocked a gift that was inside of him. Praise God. Come on, somebody praise God. Projector, let's have Matthew 2, 9 to 11. All right, can we all read, please? After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was, 10. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Eleven. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gifts are important in this life. I don't know anybody on the face of the earth who doesn't like a gift. Some people will shy, from, shy away from it and tell you, oh, I don't like surprises. Don't do surprise party. But you see gifts. Everybody likes to get a gift. And so even our Lord Jesus, upon his debut, guess what? He received gifts. I know for many years, people have, some people have wondered, I have also wondered, you know, why gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Am I the only one? Anybody wondered? Yeah? Come on now. Is there anybody else that has wondered why he received gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Okay, all of you know why he received that, I'm saying anybody, I don't know if you're putting your hands on. You see, we need to vibe off. You understand what I'm saying? So he received uh, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold there spoke to his royalty. The frankincense, for those of you who have been to Select Church, no shade, you know that incense thing that they, you think it's for you. It's not for you, it's for spirits. I'm serious. Incense is not for us. It's for spirits. So the frank incense spoke to his deity. Are we together? And then the myrrh. The myrrh is like a perfume or ointment. It was speaking to his future, to the death that he would die in the future. So in one day, three gifts that sort of summarize everything that Jesus is. His royalty, his deity, and his 
a savior. Praise God. Come on, somebody praise God. Now, I'm a little curious though, how did the, um, so some versions call it M-A-G-I. When you both people say it's Magi, even though that thing sounds like Magi to me. Hey, I'm not understanding what the Magi, Magi call. I'm Magi. Um, Magi. I'm a little curious, like how were they inspired to select those three gifts? Have you ever given anybody a gift and they looked at you as if, how did you know what was in my heart? Or somebody gave you a gift and looked at them like, how did you know I needed this thing? It's called the Holy Spirit. You'll just be on your own. Holy Spirit will just minister to you and say, go and give this person this thing. I'm wondering, this thing was inside. He said, give it to you. And the person will say, how did you know eh, is the Holy Spirit? Because it's not, you cannot tell me that it's logic that they used to say, oh, we're going to see a king that has been born. Let's say, no, 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 no. It must have been very well selected by the Holy Spirit, very well inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so, this leads me to my next story. Fast forward, now that I think about it, maybe God has even been speaking to me that I should do music. Let me know your word. Fast forward to when I was nine. Um, some of my parents, a, a friends, a couple, the Povis, the, they're not Nigerians. They came, they were visiting, and it was my birthday, and they brought me a guitar. Of course. I'm nine, I'm excited, thank you for the guitar. They left, and I'm looking at the thing like, okay, what do I do with this thing? So I pick it, I do watch cartoon now, so I picked it, and I tried to strum, strum, it's in no strum. <sighs> What's going on? Asha somehow figured out suffer skill, the remi facility though, on it, and that was all I could play. The good thing is, my, that's my older brother that I hated, that I used to beef, I still beef him. Um, he had gone to boarding house, and me, I moved on. My parents were already sent me to music school. You have common entrance to write. You are playing me. What was going on? Baba, leave guitar. Leave all the toy people on the guitar. They'll be all right. And then I like, abandoned the thing. Guess who comes back home from boarding house? My brother. Guess who picks up the guitar? My brother. Guess who starts playing the guitar within a few hours? My brother. With no skill, no teaching, nothing. The beef eh, was bigger. Like how? I've had this thing for several months in this house. You did not answer me with this guitar. This random guy that did not even give. Come from nowhere and somehow he can play it. It annoyed me, oh. I won't even lie. But then it begs the question, as far as those Oinbopi were concerned, they had given me a good gift. They probably hoped it would inspire me to become something in future, at least, you know. But it begs the question of what is a perfect gift? What is a perfect gift? You know, there are some gifts that they give you and you just say thank you. But you know that it really has no place in your life. For those of you who, are, who recently got married or who will get married, you will encounter those. <laughs> you know those gifts that are just plastic buckets and plastic... Uh, and they, not, they will now give you a plastic baby bath too. There is, is that one gift or prophecy or, or pressure? Which one? Because can I just be married? Why are you giving me a bath? When it's time, we will buy. But no, African people don't say a word. They give you plastic baby bath, plastic uh, broom, uh, sorry, plastic packer, plastic everything, Sha. <sighs> you, so as we're shopping, you'd not see television. You'd not know that we're newlyweds. As we're shopping, as you, you'd not pray. Because if I prayed, you'd have known that that fridge you passed by, the Holy Spirit told you to buy it for us. No, they will not hear that one. It's plastic, plastic, plastic. They begin, what's rubbish? If I just transfer the money of the plastic, load airtime, at least that one that is functional to me. So what makes a gift perfect? 
a gift must meet three criteria if it's to be considered perfect. Initially, I was going to tease you guys and say there are 21, but I said, no, it's Christmas Day, let's keep it light. Because when the preacher says there are 21 criteria, gift must meet, where do you want to start writing from? You just do like this. Oh, yeah? <laughs> they talk, they go. But there are three, there are three criteria that um, a gift must meet to be perfect. Emphasis on perfect. The first thing is that the gift must reflect the giver. The gift must reflect the giver. You know, if you're in an office and there is a junior staff, I'm talking somebody who is maybe like four or five kidders below you, you know, and the person wants to gift you something, they will go, they will do their best. Do you understand? But you know that there's a certain level you get to that there's almost nothing that they can buy for you that will impress you. You understand, Abby? But you know it's different when you're at that level and somebody who is on the same level or who is higher gives you. You know the... There's difference, Abby? Uh-huh. So it must reflect the giver. Um, let's turn to Hebrews 1.3. Hebrews 1.3. It says, The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. But my emphasis is on the first part. It says the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. The a gift must reflect the giver. Have you ever received a gift from somebody that you thought, uh-uh. You know, there's somebody that promise you, don't worry, I'll give you something. You're just happy. Because you know that this something will be something. I'll be, you now receive something like, and you're struggling to not feel entitled like, I know I did not work for it, but ah, Chama, you, <laughs> you, you hope, pass this one now. Show your guys small love, pass this one. Ah. But not, not our God. The gift that he's given us, first of all, reflects his nature. Let's also read Colossians 1.15. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. A real gift, a perfect gift will reflect the giver. Praise God. The number two thing that a gift, a perfect gift must meet, or number two criteria, is that it must reflect the need of the recipient. It must reflect the need of the recipient. It must meet our deepest needs. You know, for somebody who is rich, money is not really necessarily what they need. It's good. I mean, there's, I don't know anybody that will say no to money. Do you understand? But when somebody has money that he's not even sure how much he has, if you give him one million, he'll just say thank you, but it's, you know, that's not really what I need. But that kind of person that already has money, obviously can afford everything material. If what he needs is health, and you tell him, can I pray with you? And he has tried medicine all over the world and it did not work. And he's like, there's no harm. And you pray and he receives healing. Do you know that that thing you've given him is worth more than one million multiplied by one million? Because money is not his problem. So a true gift must meet, must reflect the need of the recipient. It's like you need a car and somebody is giving you 50k. Now 50k itself is not bad. Do you understand? I mean, they know they, they, know they pick up for floor. Is anybody here that can do it with extra 50k? Amen. I can. But you need a car. They give you 50k. How? You know, 
you know, follow. It's like giving, it's like giving a security guard, no shade, or somebody, you know, in that pay grade, giving him a sports car. What's in one use I'm do? Even if you say, even if you say you want to do Uber, please can you Uber with sports car? You cannot. Before you drive from here to Mato or just even sit one hour in Mato traffic, your fuel has finished. Because no sports car, the way they are drinking fuel is not here. You understand? It's useless to him. So I remember this same day, Christmas Day, some years ago, I think it was 2009. I'd gone for a walk. My, I had my cousins visit from the US. And they were all about, oh, let's go out. Let's do it. Let's, um, let's go. Went for a walk around Festac. And we're walking back home. So we're on Fifth Avenue. If you know Festac very well, when you get off 51 Road onto Fifth Avenue, walking down towards St. Jude's, that's where we were. Now, if you, if you drove in Festac, say 2000, early 2000s, mid 2000s, when the roads, before the roads became the safari drive that it is, where it's up and down. <laughs> if, you, if you used to drive in Festac then, there weren't as many potholes. So we knew where the potholes were. If you were a driver, you, you know, in Nigeria, we used to memorize potholes. You they drive, you they, you they busy, they talk, but you know, say this place where I want to enter, potholes, they hear, they, your, in your mind, you know how your mind just opens, just think, you see red dots in your mind, you know where all the potholes are. So we're walking down Fifth Avenue towards Second Avenue, and from se- beginning of Second Avenue, uh, Fifth Avenue, I can hear, I'm like, ah, brother, who they pursue you? And again, changing gear. I, in my mind, I said, this guy, no, no. Say potholes, they, this place. I quiet. <laughs> they changed gear. My cousin and my sister, I was laughing. They were wondering what's like. I said, don't worry. You will soon find out. Next thing I said, I said, I come. You will tell me who is chasing you on Christmas Day. I'm sorry, I can't get over that. Several years, and I haven't gotten over it. It was the most hilarious thing. All his energy. When he, I just like, bah. Literally, metal. I said, ah, it don't be for you. Pele, mufu. Christmas, don't set. So, a gift, a gift must reflect the need of the recipient. Please, let's have um, Isaiah 9.4. It says, for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. Before I go into plenty talk, let's also read Philippians 2, 10 to 11. For deeper context. All right, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. And under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Finally, let's read Matthew 11, 28 to 29. It's church now, so we must read Bible. Um, it said, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Next. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Why do we read these three scriptures? Like we said, the gift must reflect the recipient. Mankind needed saving. And the truth is, many of us didn't even know it. Is anybody here that knew from the day you were born, from nursery one, that I need to be saved? We don't, we don't know these things. In fact, many of us don't even know that we... Well, we are here, so chances that we're saved. Many of us did not know that we needed saving until we're well off into our adult years. But guess what? We have a father who cares enough for us 
to go ahead and give us a gift that reflects our need ahead of time. Praise God. Um, Projector, please let me have Isaiah 9, 6. This one encapsulates it. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Come on. Come on. When I was praying this sermon, I was tempted to just stay here. Because there's so much packed in these four things that are listed here. But that's not what we're here to do. I will, I will try and move on. Wonderful counselor. That one, if I start it, I, can, I think I'll need like 10 full minutes to explore it. So in your own interest, please dig more into this. Find versions. Google what it means. Um, Mighty God is one of my favorites of the four. So you know how we often talk about... Um, or how we watch superhero movies, and every superhero seems to have one power that the other person doesn't have. Abi? Not our God. He's not weak in any area. You can't surprise him. When you hear mighty God, let it sink in. He's not Superman. Superman, they learn walk. Do you understand? In fact, Superman, Hulk, all of them, all that multiverse, universe, everything, verse, all, of them, all of them like that, eh? combined, they are learning walk. So there's a book um, I've been reading, almost done. Um, it's called The Final Quest. One of the things that I read in that book blew my mind. So the, the book is basically about this guy who um, has a vision of heaven and he's talking to Jesus. And one of the many things that in the book that Jesus said that blew my mind, Jesus Christ was explaining to him the extent of his power as Jesus. And how that he's not big on showing off power to mankind. He's bigger on showing love. Because when you understand his love, then it's easier to access the power. But if power is what brings you, you will miss it. So just to paint a picture of this power, he said, I'm so powerful that I can literally raise every person that has ever died and I will not even be stressed. Ha! Huh? Mention one marvel. One marvel, whatever. One avenger, one anything that can try it. None. Do you know what it is? Oh, um, come on, let's do, let's do a little bit of math here. How many people are on the face of the earth right now? Talk now. Some people say 8 billion. Some people say 7 billion. Let's say 8 billion, Abi. That's presently. Now, how many people do you think have ever lived on this earth? Come on, any figure. Give me your best shots. Let's be humble. Let's say another 8 billion. Abi, because we really don't, it, could, it could be 30 billion for all we care. But let's see another 8 billion. Jesus is saying that he has the power to raise all 8 billion and he's not even stressed. Like, you know, come out anything for anybody. How else do you define mighty God? Like, isn't it, I don't know about you, but it blew my mind. Like, that's, that, that's not power again. I think there should be another word coined for that. I don't want past power. The next one is everlasting father. You know, we call God so many names. Um, Redeemer, Savior, all these things. One of, one of my favorite names for God is Father. If you've had a good father, or you've seen a friend or somebody who has a good father, this one will hit you differently. There's a way a father loves that no husband can love you that same way. The husband will love you the way your husband man is, you understand? But you see that father's love, if you have a real father's love, it's different. It hits differently. 
the people who will probably understand this the most are the ladies who had good fathers. There is one bond that you just, you cannot explain it. Uh, God is such a beautiful father. You can't blindside him. You know when a father is an all-rounder, you can't blindside him. You can't catch him on our words. He can't go, oh my goodness, I didn't know that was going to happen. No, daddy's got you. And daddy, daddy, daddy had you so far back that before you even showed up on the scene, he already had you sorted. You know there are some children that are born that if they choose not to work a day in their lives, they will still be rich. That's before they came to the scene. They don't, everything don't set already. That's, that's who you are. Oh. You are that child in case nobody told you. That before you showed up on the scene, you, had, you already had a father who had made everything good for you before you ever even showed up. Then the last one, because of time, says Prince of Peace. You know, many times when we think about the word peace, we often think about um, a time when there's no trouble, no sweat, everything is okay. We know I've been on that feeling, I've been, everything is just okay. We've all had those moments in our lives where nothing is really wrong, you're just, you're good. That's really not what Jesus came to give you. He came to give us peace in spite of the chaos. That's, he knows that there is chaos, that there will be chaos. The peace he brings is not so that there's now world peace. Everybody's holding hands and singing Kumbaya, one world, one love. No, that's not what we're doing here. It's, a, it's an issue of in spite of the chaos, I give you peace that does not make sense to your logical mind. I like that word, in spite. Yes, if you know me, you know I like English. But I like that word, in spite. You, you know what it is to spite somebody, Abby? Please borrow me. What's the meaning of the... It's not like to insult someone, to slight someone. Uh-huh. It says peace in spite of chaos. That's, mm-hmm. If you understand English, it will, it will settle in. That's peace in, in spite, as in insulting chaos. That's chaos full ground. All over the place. Sakpa, jackpa, everything is spying left, right and center. And he's saying, I bring you peace in spite of this chaos. It should excite you. It should. The third thing that a gift must be is that it should be of a nature and quality that will hold its value as time goes on. It must, I'll say that again, a gift should be of a nature and quality that will hold its value as time goes on, aka it must have long-term value. So, um, my wife went on a holiday with someone, a I don't want to go into too much details, but she went on a holiday with someone in the U.S. Um, many years ago when she was schooling. This person is an elderly woman. Interestingly, I think she had even lived in Nigeria, I think in the 70s or so. Yeah? Leah. Um, and so, took an interest in my wife. Oh, you're studying this course. So fantastic. Everything. Let's travel. Let, when I say rich, you know, you know there's rich and there's, you're just okay. This woman, ho. When you woman, she ho. You know when somebody books, a, books flights for you? using her miles. That's multiple trips around the U.S. Now, miles, she just takes us her miles. No time for rubbish. Uh, anyway, so my wife's first landing port was her house, I think. Was her house here? 
and my wife got there, amazing house, everything. I'm, I'm, come on, are you more prepared now? And then my wife goes to, I think it was the basement or something, and then my wife finds these laundry machines that have been there since God knows when, maybe the 80s or something. You know those laundry machines that you build room for, those really big ones? You know? Sorry, Gen Zs. All of you know washing machine that is like this size, uh, you can put inside your pockets. Back in the day, when we used to use washing machine, uh, house, you build room for the washing machine. And so she found all these, you know, washing machines. And guess what? They were all working. As in, how? In 2000 and what are we talking about? Like 12 or 13 or thereabout. They were all still working. And when she asked me, like, auntie, no vex, so what's going on? In the case of, it's still working. Like, why change you? Well, maybe they have money. They're not freaked by, oh, later second. Like, no. They're not, they're not even left to impress you anymore. They've moved past that. And, you know, it just got me thinking that as good as those laundry machines are, it's beautiful that, that it can still work 20, 30 years. But guess what? In another maybe 10, 15 years, there will probably be nobody that can fix those things because the people who can fix them will probably be gone. So you see all that bragging rights that the washing machine has, German made, built to last. Once in one day, you will stop. You're like some people that take pride in, ah, if you know me, I shall be used things. This phone, I don't use it in five years now. Nothing do I'm. Where don't start? Please go and change your phone. It's old. <laughs> they don't use it to collect money. A true gift must have lo- or should have long-term value. Now, the beauty of it is, and I say beauty, and you don't understand why. The beauty of it is there is really nothing anybody can give you on this earth that has that kind of long-term value that we're talking about. If they give you a brand new car today, highest, you shall be use them, you shall be maintain them. What? How many years? 10 years, Abi. Especially if you live in Lagos with our roads and with Mufu around the corner. You, can, you cannot, you can, you know. Unless you have money to be taking it to a uh, company. And even company, after like five or six years, when you drive it in, they'll say, sir, please, I want to show you something. Have you seen the 2029 model of this car? When, they, when is that telling you that? You know that is a sign that, bros, no, they do this kind of thing now. Change them, uh, hair. There's really nothing anybody can give you that has, that, that has like super long-term value. But guess what? The gift of Jesus has eternal value. And I'm not just talking about value for today. Say you're born again. Even if you're, even if you're 20 when you give your life to Christ and you live up to 90. Yes, you've had Jesus for 70 years. Abby, we hail you. Guess what? The gift doesn't end there. The gift transcends into eternity for eternity in eternity. Forever and ever. Nothing comes close. I can't even say nothing beating. Nothing comes close. Nothing comes close. What a beautiful gift. John 3.16. Can we all quote it? One to go. Everlasting life was the, was the goal from the very get-go. It wasn't a last-minute plan. It wasn't let's go and save them. And, oh, we've saved them. What do we do with them after now? Uh, how about it? No, 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 no. From the very get-go, everlasting life was what these gifts set out to give you and I. It's no wonder why at Christmas we like to give gifts. We're like our father. He body. Mm. Is there anybody who feels bad when they give gifts? I don't, if you do, please come outside right now. Put your hand on your chest and say after me, Lord Jesus. Let's start from there. If you really gift someone something that's useful to them, you feel good. I have a friend who, these three things I just said, 
she coined it in a word, fun, F-U-N. Said for her, she was talking about her husband that she was just, just my gift she was, she was getting her husband. And for her, a gift must be fun. I'm like, uh, sister, what's going on? Fun, bow. And she's like, a gift must be functional, must be useful, and must be nice. So she's not, she's not one of those people that will just see, you know how some, some women, or well, well, some well, men and women, you'll see something like, oh, it's nice, just go and buy and give the person. They don't think about whether the person, whether this thing is even functional. And then, you, have you ever seen some gifts that they're functional, but they're actually not nice? They're not, either they're not beautiful or they're just clunky. Eh. But a gift, a true gift like Jesus, functional, useful to the person, and it must be nice. So like I was saying, it's no wonder why we in this season especially, we like to give gifts. We like to show love to people. It's a season. But the real gift this Christmas, as with every other Christmas, is the gift of Jesus. Christmas should be a reminder for you, even when nobody gives you a physical gift, that you have the greatest gift of all. Sometimes it will not feel like it. Many times it may not feel like it. But we know that we don't live by our feelings, right? Mm, you must know it deep inside of you that this gift is functional, this gift is useful, and this gift, let's not lie, is nice. Is Jesus not nice? This gift is nice. Finally, one of the things I love the most about this gift is unlike the gift, I, for those of you who were here at the beginning, unlike, unlike that harmonica that my brother received, that should I say, was, it seemed like it was custom made for him and not for me. The gift of Jesus is custom made for everybody. If you're in a place where somebody has broken your heart and you need love and you need a hug, this gift of Jesus, he will step in. If you're in a place where your health is failing, guess what? This gift of Jesus, he will step in. If you're in a place where all you need is a car, guess what? This gift of Jesus, he will step in. If what you need is a husband, Guess who can organize this gift for you? The best matchmaker there ever was and ever will be is Jesus. Even a place where all you need is a child, guess what? This gift of Jesus can step in. Even a place where what you need is a job, guess what? This gift of Jesus, he will be there. Even a place where you, what you need is salvation, guess what? That's exactly why he came. This gift of Jesus, he will step in. Whatever it is that your need is, whether it is physical, whether it is financial, whether it is mental, whether it's physiological, guess what? This gift is a one size fits all. So I'm here to remind you this morning, for those of you who already know, that you have the greatest gifts. And for those of you who do not know, it's not one of those mornings where we say, all eyes closed, all heads bowed. It's a beautiful gift. See, better thing they know they hide them. How many of you do you know that have iPhone 14 Pro Max and they're hiding it? You cannot hide it. You may buy phone case for it, yeah? But you are not, you're not afraid to use it. Do you understand? Your, call will not, your phone will not ring and you'll be like, I don't want anybody to see. No, I don't even see you. Hello? Yeah. Or you buy a solid airplane. Not like, not say car. Solid airplane, like you're on that level. You cannot hide it. Please, then they hide airplane. If you hide them, you can't. Or you marry a beautiful wife. If you hide them, or you marry a husband, way ho, way gather, if you hide them, you can't. Better give them, no, they hide them. Jesus is not a secret, he should not be hidden.
So if you're here this morning and everything that we've said sounds good to you, maybe a little too good to be true, it's okay, we've been there before, but you do not have this gift of Jesus, I want to give you the best gift you will ever get in your whole life. And that is the gift of Jesus because with this gift you have everything else. So if there's anybody in the room this morning and you really want to give your life to Christ, you want to accept this gift of Jesus, please just raise your hand where you are and we'll pray with you. It's not a long thing. In 10 seconds, we're done. This gift is here. We're not going to manufacture it for you. It's here. It's here and it has your name on it. Don't be shy. Don't worry about who's looking at you or who's sitting beside you. If you even came to church with the person, it's okay. Like I said, you cannot hide a good gift. This gift of Jesus is here. If there's anybody in the building, whether you're on the, uh, in the gallery upstairs or you're downstairs, just raise your hand where you are with, uh, and I'll pray with you if you want to accept the gift of Jesus. Is there anybody in the building? Fantastic. Now, please rise up confidently to come and receive this gift and come towards Jesus. Come on. The best gift ever. This is better than anything you will get today. This is better than any money anybody will give you. This is better than anything anybody will give you today or next year. Come on, jam those hands together for Jesus as they come forward. Fantastic. I, gi- I, bring, you, I bring you good news. I bring you good news. You have just made the best decision in your whole life to receive the best gift for your whole life. Oh, praise Jesus. Just say after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the gift of you. This morning I come to you humbly but boldly to receive the gift of you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Change me, transform me, and help me never to be the same way again. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. You have just received the best gift, and I promise you, your life will not remain the same. Come on, let's jam our hands together for Jesus. Please go with my sister here. She'll lead you out. Come on. I don't hear you clapping for Jesus. If you are as excited as he is in heaven, you will do more than you're doing this morning. Father, we just give you praise for the gift of Jesus. We are grateful that, you have, that we have you. But more importantly, we are grateful that you have us. <laughs> what a joy. What a privilege. Thank you for the gift of Christmas. May the joy of Christmas never, ever leave us. In Jesus' name. Have you been blessed this morning?